Hi, everybody. This is Sam. And Kai, welcome to Rubbledit. Professor Kai H. Kaiser lectured art and design in various universities in China, none of which I can pronounce correctly. And he is one of the world's greatest painters, designers, and free thinkers alive. Samuel Slager is the author of nearly a dozen great books, a master marketeer, co-founder of Rubbledit, and as I am proud to say, my friend since over ten years now. We dip deep and rip off. Welcome to the Ripple Dip Podcast. Today, the historic first episode on this memorable June the 26th in 2020. And it was supposed to be in April, man. <laughs> it was. I'd like to, you know, blame it on the state of the world or something like that, but we're just busy people. We got a lot going on, but that's all right. We finally got to it. Exactly. We proved persistency. That's right. So where are you these days, Kai? What are you up to? Well, uh, I'm spending most of my time in Portugal. Uh, I didn't intend to <clears throat> like stay there already, but thanks to COVID-19, um, <laughs> I moved there permanently uh, earlier than scheduled, but no regrets there. I love it here. And, uh, you know, Portugal in Europe, you know, right next to Spain, <clears throat> at the fringe of Europe, at the water, at the big waterfront. And when you cross the water, you come to the United States, and that is where you are, right? Where, where exactly are you there? Uh, I'm currently at mile marker 251 um, in Oklahoma, which is right on uh, Interstate I-40 East, heading toward Oklahoma. Small town in the middle of nowhere, about an hour and a half from, hour and a half east of Oklahoma City, hour south of Tulsa. Town of maybe a couple thousand people, not much going on there. A lot of grass, a lot of trees, not a lot of people. Grass? Yep. Lot. Why, why would you say grass? <laughs> the, the latest I heard, it's weed. <laughs> <laughs> that you are, you're correct. It goes by many names, grass, weed, ganja marijuana <laughs> got many names for it but you know oklahoma's uh kind of a uh, experience in its uh resurgence you know at one point it had the oil boom now it's kind of kind of kind of has the green boom going on and uh and you're you're a part of it you're a part of it aren't you yeah definitely uh we are in the middle of uh a grow facility being kind of late phase startup so uh, rolling out some product here pretty soon with some pretty aggressive expansion plans in the very near future associated with that. Um, so we've got that going on. We have a couple of licenses for some other business opportunities in that uh, cannabis space as well. But uh, it's a very exciting space to be in, very exciting time to be in it um, with a whole heck of a lot of potential. That's for sure. Absolutely, absolutely. We have been talking about that various times, and, and I hope uh, <clears throat> you know. Since since we have been talking so much about it, I, I hope that I'm not um, forgetting one one of the points. Um, but we both agree since many years that legalization was was dearly necessary mm -hmm. for so many reasons. Yeah like uh, the, the terrible waste of taxpayers' money. The police doesn't really want to arrest people for, for such a small thing. It's, it's, it's such a waste of time and money for such a little mm -hmm. business. 
Absolutely. You know, you know us, Sky, and the whole whole concept behind Ripple Dip and kind of what we're after here is making the world more beautiful and efficient, right? And um, you talk in terms of efficiency and beauty. It's not it's not beautiful to arrest some twenty two year old kid who smoked a joint um, and is just in, indulging it personal use recreationally. Um, and it's nor is it efficient use of anyone's time nor resources when there's so much other bigger issues going on in the world at this time. It just seems like such a distraction to focus on something like that over all the other larger things. It's, it's, it's a hunting field mice and not antelope. You know, it's, that's one of my favorite sayings. You know, if you go out and you're hunting field mice, you, you waste so much energy hunting that field mouse that you don't even get the energy back and the calories from eating it you need to hunt the major objectives because that's how society the world progresses in a positive direction in the right direction otherwise it just continues to degrade and fall apart yeah and there's there's uh, something that i'm going to mention now i mean by and large I, i will refrain from from uh, telling too much personal things um, because I'm afraid it will just bore the hell out of people. <laughs> However, um, in, in this particular instance, and, and I, I'm very serious now, this is not something that I'm uh, joking about. I actually nearly died um, because of an alcohol poisoning. Um, the, the, I'm, I'm not making that up. Uh, I, I was very young and very inexperienced and, uh, you know, we just wanted to have fun and, you know, growing up and, and well, we all totally miscalculated and we passed out and <clears throat> I um, actually woke up in the hospital. I think it's, it's a really smart move of governments to, um, to legalize cannabis because that couldn't have happened with cannabis. Yeah. Absolutely. To me, it seems like it's it's the same sort of parent-child relationship, right? You tell your child not to do something, what's that child going to do? Go out and do it. Why? Why shouldn't I do it? It seems exciting and curious now. And to me, that seems the last thing you want when you have uh, exploring with dangerous drugs, substances, and that sort of stuff versus being open and transparent and communicating the actual effects of it and being able to explain uh, explore those things in a safe environment because people are going to do it anyway. So you might as well create an environment exactly. that's conducive um, to that sort of behavior. People like to get high. It's just exactly. that simple. People like to get high. People like to drink, you know, during COVID-19, there's a reason that all the liquor stores are still open and all the dispensaries were still open and all of that. People didn't have anything else to do, but sit at home and get high or, or drink and watch Netflix all day. We're, responsibility is key and you know we've tried to focus on that with this business you know it's such a new arena and there's still so much happening in it that we really made a commitment that if we were going to get do this and get in this sort of business we weren't going to put up you know dispensary locations near college campuses because of still the research associated with the effects of cannabis on young minds and stuff like that before brains are fully formed and stuff like that so we really wanted to to Mm -hmm. make sure that you know our website was locked down you know, you had to verify you were 21, 25, whatever we're going to put on there, just like any other, you know, alcohol website to really get hammer home the point that we're trying to do this responsibly, that done in the right way can be done well, um, but you just need to find that balance. 
we all know that cannabis is far away from from being that dangerous as as alcohol is and yet you on your own you're you know even if there were in laws you, you would still be careful about it. i i know you yeah. i mean i know you since many years and i know how you do things and you're you're just really very responsible and careful i try to that, that should be yeah. said yeah i would, I yeah. would say um, you know, a little bit of that was maybe beaten out of me at one point in my life, you know, a little reckless at certain points, um, and learned, learned really that opportunity of when you needed to be thinking specifically of, you know, our, our time in Germany where we first met and kind of that a whole, uh, UFC MMA sort of fighting thing going on. There's a time to be a little more aggressive and there's a time to really be thoughtful and intentional about what you're doing. Yeah, and, and where else do you learn to be careful as perfectly as in the cage? <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, people ask me uh, many times, like, like uh, wh where did you learn the most? Was it like in school or was it in, in university or where? And I, I always uh, say like, okay, you, you, you're probably going to think I'm doing a joke here, but the reality is, I mean, I appreciate my time in school and later in the academy and everything. And I had a great, awesome teacher, but I really, really learned the most in cage fighting <laughs> <laughs> that really formed me and my mind and that was the most important thing for my art and my design from, <laughs> and it's it's I stand is that by from that. a discipline standpoint or from what standpoint do you say that you learn the most in that guy it's it's uh there is so many facets and and, and aspects to it the, the discipline yes sure absolutely um you know, when, when you study art, you will automatically be seen as a bohemian character and everything. But, you know, at the end of the day, it is a job. It is a profession. It, 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 especially in, in Europe over the last centuries, it was really always that. That whole bohemian thing came much later. There was something uh, that was invented in the late 19th century. So, yeah. If you're, if you're serious about something, you know, whether you are a rock musician or a painter or those are all at the end of the day jobs and, and you have to be on stage or you have to be in front of your easel, whatever creative thing you're doing, you still have to be there and you have to come up with something, you have to do your job. So discipline is always a great part of it. Um, but beyond that, what I truly learned, uh, in especially in, and, and this is where it gets a little bit deep and philosophical, and I, I hope you don't hold it against never, me never. For, for being <laughs> no all kind of guy, you know. <laughs> but when when I started with that whole fighting thing, um, it's a sport uh, because I never fought uh, in private. I always liked it as a sport. You know, I I, I started out with taekwondo and. Uh, they they would tell me like you know you have to focus on one thing and you make your black belt and and focus on one thing one thing one thing don't become a jack of all trades because I had interest in 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 learning other things too and, and maybe do some bodybuilding with it and things like that and my trainer would say like no 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 don't do that don't do that focus on one thing and 
you know, after a while, I figured the guy has really no clue of, uh, of, of anything that is fight related because the, the way he taught Taekwondo was more like ballet. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, I think in volleyball, you, you learn more self-defense. <laughs> so I switched. I, I went to, to kickboxing. And, well, I mean, I was pretty right with my assessment of uh, that particular Taekwondo club because, you know, in kickboxing, right in the second training, a little 16-year-old snot broke my nose without even breaking a sweat. He didn't even want to. Yeah. <laughs> I was... I was so bad, I ducked right into his uppercut and my nose was broken. And I stood there and I was like, oh man, I really don't know anything about fighting. <laughs> so, yeah, um, I, I understood that uh, there was a lot to learn. And, and from, from kickboxing, when I got a little bit better there, I went to Muay Thai. And, and then I started to realize, well, actually, the more you train, the better you get. And right at that time, the UFC became popular and I, I got a whiff of um, the, the, the first cage fights. And I started to understand, yeah, Jesus, fuck that bullshit with focus on one thing because it's, it's garbage. You have to mix things, you know, mixed martial arts. This led me to completely rethink my way of working, the way I design, the way I paint. I, I started to realize pure painting, the way I learned it in, in the academy, is, is good and it was a good training for me and everything. And I, I, I don't want to uh, diminish people who, who are still doing that. But for me, I had to switch it up. I had to implement computer programs. I had to implement literature. I had to implement making movies, sculptures. I, I had to, you know, broaden the horizon significantly. And in this way, I found my personal style and, and I was definitely onto something. So what works in MMA for me, it, it, it works everywhere. Mm -hmm. I think that's, you're hitting on a, a really cool and important point there. And that's kind of the whole basis of Ripple Dip, right? The Ripple Dip is kind of a fusion of all of these different elements, just like what you're talking about. But you and I have done a lot of stuff in our lives in a lot of different arenas and have found successes in many different areas. And kind of the Ripple Dip is a full-on fusion of all of those elements that we're bringing to the table from so many different aspects, so many different experiences um all over the board really so i think that that's it's it is a really good point there and you know today's world just seems to be moving so fast with technology and all these other things that are happening that really the people that succeed are the people that are able to adapt and then what's more important seems to be having the right mentality and mindset over the right skills the technical skills can be learned and taught and continually adjust and evolve over time but having a hunger and the mindset of being able to be open-minded enough to adapt and change and take on different approaches and change as an approach requires or the game plan requires. Those are the sort of things that really the soft skills, if you will, seem to be more important in this day and age than anything else. Sure. You know, we're, we're not in the 1950s anymore where we work one career for our whole lives and come home and, you know, have an eight to five sort of job and 
do that for 40 or 50 years. You know, the game has just changed significantly. Um, exactly, exactly. There are things from the past that, that, that we should understand. They're good and, and, and we should uh, appreciate that and, and, and keep it going while it works. You know, in, in many ways, I am conservative and I have no problem using that word. Uh, I, usually people laugh and say like, what, you conservative, <laughs> get out of here. <clears throat> no, what, what does the word mean? It means you preserve something. You know, you understand, hey, this is really good. I'm going to continue with it, you know, be that a custom, be that a political system, be that a certain philosophy. You conserve it. You, you keep it going. But what I'm not is a traditionalist. You know, um, I, I don't care for tradition. If something is good, I keep it going. If something doesn't work, I throw it overboard. It's unnecessary. It's redundant. It's not efficient. 